This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to the Known and Ever podcast team. We are back with another summer edition catching up with everything that's been going on with our beloved Clarets. This week we are talking friendlies, what has been going on as the Clarets face fans across Europe in their quest to beat City in their opening fixture of the Premier League season. What's our team selection looking like? We've had quite a few signings through the door. We've now got options in various places. The team discuss who they think the team selection will be when we face Man City. What other transfers are coming in? What other positions do we need to fill? And more importantly, how are we going to react to Mission to Burnley? This is the Known and Ever podcast. Here we go. Good evening, everyone. And welcome to the No Name Never podcast. I hope you're all good. Uh, my name's Richard Steele, and I'm going to be hosting tonight uh, in the absence of Natalie, um, who I think's busy with important work duties, not on a jolly on a summer holidays like me. Joined tonight uh, by George Poole and Tom Whitaker. Gentlemen, how are we? Evening, Rich. Very well, thanks. How about yourself? I'm very good, thank you. Very good, Tom. And you, George? Yeah, excellent. Really looking forward to things now. I've seen the there's a new trailer drop for the the Mission to Burn the documentary, so it's just got me even more excited for the season. Well, George, yes, that's going to be probably last on the itinerary tonight. So uh, Sky are plugging it well. Obviously, I've been watching a bit of telly today, and Sky's been plugging it well. So it's very exciting and Burnley with their own Sky documentary. Yeah, who would have thought that maybe a few years back? But I think what we're going to start on tonight, we're going to start on on the friendly games that we've that we've just that we've had, um, Genk, Real Betis and Benfica. I don't think I've got that in the right order. I think Benfica and, and Real Betis are the other way around. But we'll start with you, Tom, because you uh, travelled over to Belgium, didn't you? So how was the experience? Was the experience better than the game? Yeah, I think it's fair to say when you go into a pre-season friendly, you're not. If you're expecting a, a great game or a great result, then you're probably kidding yourself a bit. So the main reason to go was to to get the the opportunity to go over and uh, you know experience a bit of a different culture, try some nice beer, uh, knock about with fellow clarets, and uh, and enjoy the day out. And and it was a great day. Uh, it took took good numbers over there. Got some nice weather on the Saturday, which was a bonus. But uh, yeah, the game was a bit disappointing. I think with Genk being a couple of weeks ahead of us in their prep because they had to play Champions League the following Wednesday. 
they were always going to be a bit more sharp than us and uh and it it was it was a classic friendly you know not a lot happening but minutes in the legs so uh it wasn't too down hard at the end of it and then tom you're off to germany as well aren't you this weekend it's a good job it's this weekend because i thought it was yesterday so at least you've bought the right flight <laughs> yeah that was a relief yeah well, my heart sank when i saw your message saying it was wednesday i thought oh my god i've booked a flight for nothing but yeah thankfully <laughs> yeah. we're on saturday um, i think with with it being the last game before the season hopefully we'll have a bit of an idea in that one as to as to what team he's going to be playing against man city so maybe a bit more of a settled start in 11 and uh, and hopefully a bit of a better performance and a couple of goals would be nice as well yeah i thought yeah i thought that myself i can imagine that the team he plays against genk may give us a good indication of what team we'll be looking to start off with. And that's something that we're going to be looking at um, later on in the podcast is some of the options that we've got and where company will go. Uh, but moving on to the two other friendlies, uh, the first, we'll start with the Benfica and the 2-0 victory. Uh, the George, like myself, I think you watched that game, didn't you? You managed to get it on, on YouTube. What, what, what were your thoughts on that friendly, George? Because I thought it was actually excellent. I know you don't want to get too carried away, like Tom was saying, because it is a friendly. But I think we all did, didn't we? Yeah, I think after that game, I thought, wow, this is this is um, something really promising. Because obviously, with the Genk result, you think two 0 in your mind, you're going, well, it's pre-season, it doesn't matter, etc. But then once you then go and uh, beat Champions League Benfica yourselves two 0 all of a sudden the uh, the narrative changes and you've got to take a lot of a lot of information from pre-season. So, yeah, I thought it was a really professional performance. And um, at the end of the day, Benfica are a Champions League side. They got to the quarterfinals only a few months back. So for us to go there and um, and win 2-0, and I thought we played really well. It, it was just such a, a nice evening's entertainment because, uh, yeah, whoever, whoever put it on YouTube, thank you very much because that was a, a lovely evening. Yeah, I think the striker, Ramos, is signing for PSG in around 80 million euros. And again, you can't go off that game because he could be down in tools or whatnot. But we never really looked under pressure against him at all. Uh, George, I will stick with you. So who impressed you um, in that Ben Freaker friendly for us? I think even though it was a 2-0 victory, it was more the defensive performance for me, which impressed more than anything else. Because obviously, like you say, they've got the striker who's going to to PSG, they've got plenty of attacking talent on the pitch and they didn't really have a, have a sniff all night. So whilst, you know, we won the game 2-0 and that's fantastic, at the end of the day, especially in the Premier League, it's the clean sheets that will be most important for us. And I think there's no better place to start than with um, Aro Muric, who I thought just had an absolutely tremendous outing um, at, at Benfica and really put his... Um, put his name in, into contention to re- retain his number one spot for this coming season because obviously we've signed James Trafford. You've got you've got that in the back of your mind. But I thought Muric came out and really, really impressed against Benfica. So it's one for us to discuss. It is. And then obviously the final friendly was a one-all draw with Betis. I'm not sure anybody uh, or any of us on the pod watched that. Um, obviously Trafford got beat from the halfway line. Um, probably wasn't his best moment, but listen, Let's let's not judge um let's not judge him on that and obviously Goodmanson got sent off so it sounded like the friendly was quite feisty and by all accounts Foster uh, played really well in that game too got had a goal disallowed you did watch the Betis game George go on give us a little summary of the Betis game then yeah it was what it was it was a mad game actually and you know what it was more enjoyable than the Benfica game in many ways because the Benfica game was you know your professional. 
pre-season friendly, really good to see us win 2-0 and lots of lads get, get run outs. Betis, on the other hand, was almost like the complete opposite. For the first maybe 10, 15 minutes, really boring affair. And I thought, oh no, this is going to be a dross game to watch tonight. But then all of a sudden, it all kicks off. You, you've got two red guards in a pre-season friendly, which is just astounding. And after that, I suppose because both teams only had 10 men, the pitch opened up, it became a really fluid game and you had the opportunity to really analyse the players. So, I mean, the red cards themselves, it was just a bit of a flare-up, chaos before half-time. Um, Goodmanson sort of got a bad tackle, which he then kicked out at. The kicked out bit is why he got sent off, but then their player got up and head-butted him. So, you're down to 10 men, half-time, all the, uh, the the squads are coming together in what looks to be a bust-up. But then in the second half, yeah, as you've alluded to, Rich, Lyle Foster, I thought, was absolutely superb. And so was uh, the new signing, Corley Orshaw. I thought he yeah, was really yeah. impressed. And I think when we signed him, there was a bit of um, wondering whether he'd come in as an academy player, as a first-teamer. Um, you know, he got an announcement video, but as someone pointed out to Tom on Twitter, so did that Dennis Franchi last summer, and he's he's not been seen sight and sound of. But if, if, if this friendly's anything to go by, Corley Orshaw will be one to uh, keep an eye on this season. Okay, so yeah, he seemed from all accounts like he was quick, dynamic, obviously got a good amount of pace, which is exciting. So again, it brings us nicely and again to the questions going to ask Tom. So we're going to look at team selections. We'll kind of go through the team from goalkeeper to attack. So Tom, Trafford or Murich, I know it's not an easy question, but who? what would you go with, Art? But also, what do you think VK will go with? Yeah, I think this... The second one's probably easier to answer than the first. Um, I think probably before the friendlies, if you'd have asked anyone, they probably would have all said Trafford on the back of what mm-hmm. he did at the Euros. But um, he was he made a mistake for the first goal against Genk. He came out for a cross and got nowhere near it. And as you say, beat from the halfway line against Betis. It's, it's unlucky in some ways. You know, it comes back off the post and goes in off him. But I, don't, I still don't think that should be going over his head from there. So he's not impressed. Whereas Murich is, was obviously... Uh, was fantastic against Benfica. So if you were going on form in the friendlies, then you'd, you'd have to say Murich. But I think uh, we've bought, we've spent that amount of money on Trafford for a reason. We bought him for a reason. He's, he's a very ambitious lad by all accounts. He was playing first team football last season and he won't have come here, I don't think, for that amount of money without guarantees that he's going to be playing first team football. So I think with, with the money we've spent on him in mind, I would be saying give him the first five, ten games, see how he gets on. And if he's not good enough, then drop him. Um, but I think we brought him in to be number one. And I think when you've put that kind of faith into him, you've got to give him that chance. And I think company will be thinking the same as well. George, you got anything to add to that? Uh, I would like to to make the case the other way. I know Trafford's come in for 19 million, but I think company's sort of a strong enough character to think it doesn't particularly matter um, about about how much money he spent on a player. It's all about who's the right man for the shirt. And I think given he ended the season as number one and played so well last year, he's done so well in this Benfica fixture. I really do think it'll be Murich's shirt to start the season with and it's whether Trafford can impress enough in training to, to wrestle it off him. I think company's the kind of manager where he won't be tied down by this traditional thinking of you've got to have a number one for the league and a, a number one for mm-hmm. the cup. I do think we might see some rotation in that position like we did a bit with Bailey Peacock Fowl towards the end of last season. And can I just um, interject with some breaking news from Fabrizio Romano? So he's just tweeted out, Burnley have opened talks to sign Mohamed Darami from Ajax. 
Vincent Company wants Danish winger at all cost. Understand Ajax rate Dorami highly, but Burnley pushing as Company considers him a top target. Negotiations ongoing over permanent transfer. Right, OK. So, as we know, it's a position that we do need to strengthen. Um, that's a joke, by the way, for anybody comes back. It's an interesting, like, we're going to come back. I'm going to come on to, going to leave that, George, because we're going to come on to transfer shortly. So we'll leave that thought. I think it's a really interesting one. Right, we'll stick. I'm not going to go through every single position. Um, I'm going to go through centre-half. I'm going to go through wingers. I'm going to go through strikers. So Tom Bayer will start at centre-half. I'd be amazed if he doesn't start. I think he's an absolutely outstanding player, is Jordan Bayer. And I think he'll actually really kind of like kick his game onto the next level. So who are you starting that first? Who are you, who, who are you starting him with that first game? Uh, I think I'd go Ekdal just for the, the oh, bit more experience. And, and I think he's a bit more defensively minded maybe. But if it was Keel, I wouldn't mind that either. Um, I'm not sure how Shea fits in, to be honest. Um, from I mean, I've only seen limited amounts of him, but he doesn't look better than either Ekdal or um, Aldekiel for me. So... Yeah, I'm not sure. Not sure where he'll stand. Uh, he seems to be playing more fullback in preseason than at centre half mm-hmm. as well. So yeah, yeah. Ekdal for me. I think it'd be Ekdal for me. I think Alder Keel's one for now, but massively for the future. I think he's got a lot of ability. I actually think our best run of games come when Ekdal played last season. I think it gave us that little bit more solidity at the back. Um, and he's somebody who, who I really like and really rate. To be honest, I think he's a fantastic player. Fullbacks, looking at Roberts and Taylor as it stands. We will sign a left back. I know we've not got one yet, but I think we will sign one. Centre mid. Um, obviously, we're looking at Lukonga, which we'll mention in a minute. So, George, we just mentioned another wingers there, but I know it's difficult, but wingers too, we're looking at. I think Zaruri starts, doesn't he? And who's on the other side? Yeah, it'll be an interesting one because I think Zaruri will be a, you know one of the first names on the team sheet. Um, but on the other side, you'd, you'd normally say Manuel Benson, but he's not played a minute of pre-season because of this niggling injury he's got. So, I, to be honest, I, I do reckon he'll, he'd probably start with Andros Townsend when he's eventually announced. He's just got that experience in the Premier League. He'd had that experience to the starting eleven. He can obviously play naturally off the right and cutting on his left left foot. So, on the wings, I think you're looking at Zorori and Townsend and then, and then it's up to the likes of Amduni, Gerard, Vegos to fight for them front two spots, whether they operate as a nine or a ten or whatnot. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, isn't it, to see what he does up front. I'm leaning towards he'll actually go for Foster that first game, possibly. Um, I think again tomorrow night or Saturday will give us a an answer. Amduni though, so he's signed him for big money as, as well, and he looks a talent. They're going to look at playing him at number ten. I doubt Vout or Jay will start, but again, we'll see from there. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. 
If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Right, let's get into transfers because this is interesting. This is what everyone wants to talk about this time of the year. This is what we spend our days scrolling through, searching on, on Twitter. Well, I do anyway. Tom, Tom probably doesn't because he's not as sad as me. And George has dropped the bond self from Fabrizio. I was checking as well that it, that it was the real account because there's saddles these days who put on these weird accounts, isn't it? So I'll just read it out again. So exclusive from Fabrizio Romano. Exclusive. Burnley have open talks to sign Mohamed Darami from Ajax. Vincent Company wants, wants Danish winger at all costs. Understand Ajax rate Darami highly, but Burnley push him as can, company considers him a top target. Negotiations ongoing over permanent transfer. Right, this is really interesting. So I'm in the ilk of you can never have too many players, but at the same time, we don't have an unlimited budget or it doesn't have it or, it, or maybe we do. I don't know if uh, Pace has been uh, asking kind of like Bill Bill Gates or something for a little bit of coin. <laughs> but listen, another winger, I know nothing about him. I've never heard of him, but obviously because I heard of him two minutes ago from George, I'm desperate to sign him because that's how the transfer window works. George or Tom, have you done any research on uh, Durrani since I've been hosted and not been able to have a, have a chance to? Yeah, I'm I'm deep in the uh, in the googling, and it seems that uh, that's yeah, what as, I thought. As we say, a young Danish talent, he's 21 years old, started his youth career with Copenhagen uh, before moving to Ajax uh, a couple of years ago. Now, since then, how old he is he, been, George? He's only 21. Um, since then, he's been back from Ajax on loan at Copenhagen for a season. Um, and whilst at Copenhagen on that loan, he scored eight goals in 28 games, which from the wing isn't isn't too shabby. Um, now, yeah, I think he'll be valued around, it looks to be about 10 to 12 million. Um, Ajax signed him, though, for 12 million in 2021. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that figure going up towards 15 uh, to 18 million uh, for when we <laughs> inevitably sign him. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's remarkable. We're spending a lot of money, aren't we? Tom, I know your thoughts uh, mm. might be different to me and Rich on this because we're, we're more than happy to just get all these lads in the door and have uh, you know some exciting options up front, even if we have 20 of them. Yeah, I don't I don't understand why we're signing so many wingers. I, I can't get my head around it at all. I don't, is she going to bring it? I mean, he sounds like a good player. I, I've actually seen him play a couple of times, Durami, because I've got a friend who sports Copenhagen, so I've been over a couple of times. Um, I wouldn't say anyone... I wouldn't say anyone that I watched over there stood out particularly, to be honest. Um, but I know that he's very he's very uh, highly rated, to borrow a phrase, um, over there. I know they were glad to get him back. Um, I think he just didn't really didn't really break into the team at Ajax. So I just where I just don't understand why you know you spend these money on these players. You know you've got Brun Larsen, uh, we're still on about trying to get Teller back. You've already got Benson and Zorori. We've brought in Redmond. We're going to bring in Townsend. Another wing, Kolyosha. Uh, I just, why do you need so many that wingers? Odebert, who we seem to have had a bid accepted for. Yeah. Is, yeah. is this going, sorry to interrupt, Tom. Do you think all this is going back to, I don't know if anybody, it was very good, by the way, if you've not listened to it. So big shout out to the BOLM podcast where they had Sasha. I'm not even going to try and try and pronounce his surname. And I remember him saying that we have loads of targets and we just bid for loads and then kind of, 
see where we're going. Is it a case of this that all of a sudden we're bidding and and the targets the more are being a- accepted and different journalists are picking up different bits and then we're going to decide that we're signing one, we're going to sign another. Um, it is a really interesting one. The logic behind it, I can see, is that who wins your games of football? Attackers do. And I think company knows that probably in the Premier League, maybe with injuries and lads going away to the AFCON and, and different things like that, um, he probably wants a big pool of attacking options that um, that, he, that, he, that he can bring off the bench. And I think looking at now, you've got nine. You can have nine substitutes in the Premier League. Maybe stack your bench a little bit higher with attacking players. But I do agree with you, Tommy. It, it, when I when George said Fabrizio of all talks with a player from Ajax, I was hoping it was going to be a left back or a centimetre, or even a striker, or even a sub right back possibly. Um. So it's so it's a massively interesting one, and like you said, it seems like a deal's agreed for Townsend. So if we list them off, wing like what we can class as wingers. Redmond, Townsend, Zaruri, Benson, Collie Osho, um, Brun Larson, possibly. You find maybe more Good of a centre. Gunmanson, who can play there. I don't think Gunmanson will be anywhere near a wing, though, in the Premier League, to be honest. Then possibly like Teller, who can play out wide. This lad, that's 10. Um, Durami will be 11. Then you've got Cherlinov. Then you've got like, I know. So I think Cherlinov will go by the way, but you know it's it's very very interesting, isn't it? You know, I'm not really asking a question to any of the two of you, but it's just it is a bit of a it's just come as a shock, hasn't it, when you're doing a podcast and and this comes up. So yeah, I think I I I think it might be the case that maybe at the start of the summer because it's it's all well and good now we're sat here where there's a, this flurry of activity. I think if we think back maybe a month or a month and a half. That we really seem to be struggling to sign any targets that we had at all. And I think during that period where it was like, right, let's send Redmond because he's someone we can get. Let's get Brun Larson, we can get him. And now we've signed these lads. You're getting towards August. You're getting towards the start of the season. Teams are more willing to do business. And whilst we've already stockpiled the likes of Redmond and Brun Larson, who, let's be honest, wouldn't probably be our first choice uh, signings in any position, and then new targets are coming up. It's like, right, let's go and get them now. Oh, but we have also got Brun Larson here. But but you can't really turn down these these high priority targets just because you've already signed the likes of Redmond mm. and Brun Larson. So I wouldn't be surprised if we continue to get, you know, these priority targets. And if it means Brun Larson, Redmond, etc., um, have limited game time, then that it is what it is because it's what they signed up for when they came to challenge for the Premier League. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? And Townsend has seemed to have been a done deal all this time, but then he's actually not signed by now. So has that been agreed? And we've gone, well, actually, hold on, these players are coming in again. We'll, we'll yeah. see on oh, that. Or oh, do, do you reckon maybe it could be Townsend? Townsend thinking, do I want to sign? Because look at all these look at all these wingers. So, so he might he can he can it could have been a mutually beneficial thing where he's he's got fitness, etc. But it might be the case if we get towards yeah. later in August, we shake hands and he goes to another club. I still think Holly Osho will be a I'm not saying he'll be an academy player, but I don't think he'll be a prominent figure. I might be wrong, like if he's absolutely flying. I am before we move on to other positions, I am going to leave a bit of a bombshell and I mentioned it on our WhatsApp group. And he's not played so far. Is he injured? 
it wouldn't surprise me. And I'm not saying it will happen, but I wouldn't be shocked if Benson wasn't a Burnley player come after the transfer window. It actually wouldn't surprise me. But I uh, hope I'm very, very wrong on that. Just all these wingers coming in and him not playing and there's been a bit of conjecture on that. And I know, Tom, you said, Ivy, you, you wouldn't be all surprised, would you? Even though I don't think it will happen, it wouldn't surprise me. There's a difference, sir, between I don't think it will happen bet- between being it wouldn't shock me. Like if, like if, say, if Josh Cullen left, that would shock me, but it wouldn't shock me if Benson left. Yeah, just unless there's going to be outgoings, it doesn't make sense the amount of wingers we're signing to me. So, yeah, and with him not playing, as you say, it might just be an niggle and, and he might be in the plans. And for some reason, company thinks that we, we need all these wingers. But, uh, yeah, if you put two and two together, it does seem like that's, that's a possibility and it's maybe something that they're thinking about. Yeah, so we'll move on to other positions. Um, we've been linked with a left with a left back. I'm not going to pronounce his surname, Hartman from Ajax. That's definitely a priority position for me. It seems like the number one priority position. Twenty million we're linked with him again, George. Ooh, pacemaker's getting the wallet out, and he's like uh, DiCaprio in Wolf of Wall Street, like fun coupons. Yeah, well, it's all the way he's going. It's all those membership packages we're selling. The money's yeah, exactly. the money's flying in. Yeah. <laughs> no, but this this Hartman. Um, yeah, I mean, some of these transfer fees will get Tom's heart going. But if any player might do, it might be Quilinski, Hartman, who I'm absolutely certain the Bob Lord will call Lindsay Harter within, <laughs> um, within a month. So if Lindsay can come in, that could be tremendous because he's 21 years old. He plays ahead of Ian Matson in the Dutch under-21 side. So clearly there's a player there. He's playing for Feyenoord. Yeah. R- Rumoured transfer fees, you know, around 20 million again. So... He must be a good player. And this is one that, from a few people who know European football far better than me, they're, they're, they're quite excited about this one. So if Matson's not a possibility, which it seems to be the case with how he's impressed in Chelsea's pre-season, this might be a perfect uh, alternative. Yeah. And then the other two I'm going to mention, Lukonga seems like it's happening. I think that'll be a really good signing for us. I think we've been crying out for a bit of, athleticism, a bit of power in that middle of midfield and obviously it can play. Tom, would you be happy with that one? Yeah, as you say, I think he's just got the attributes that we need in there um, and a bit of Premier League experience as well. I know he's not he's not that old and he's not played that many games, but it's still a bit more than we've got, especially in that position. Obviously, with you wouldn't like to think that Cork will play too many games next season. I think his legs have gone a little bit. So, yeah, he, as you say, ticks all the boxes and if we get him on loan for a year as well, we'd have to pay too much up front, that's even better. Yeah, and then I suppose if he does well for us and we do stay up, we seem to be having more of these options to buy or obligations to buy so we don't get left in the position we was trying to replace players. And then I've seen another one, which Jacob Ramsey, we bid for and apparently very interested in. So, listen, I'm going to just take all this as a massive positive. And, you know, I know you can look at it and go, yeah, there's maybe one or two wings many wingers here, but I'm not going to complain after like seeing Peters on the wing and Josh Benson and and you know and different things like that. And I think com- company has said in the past that, you know, look at look look at your top clubs. He does want have he does want a lot of attacking talent. You know, we said last year, I remember Zaruri signing and thinking, well, why do we need Zaruri? Um so yeah, that's that one. And then the last topic we're going to cover tonight is the documentary, which we're all very excited about, Mission to Burnley. It's airing on the 10th of August. I think it'll be amazing to see the behind the scenes, um, how everything's gone on. So I know, George, you put in our group chat, didn't you, before uh, the trailer 
and how and how excited you are. Yeah, I think the thing for me, like I suppose the obvious thing would be to say like it's really exciting because first first and foremost, Burnley a documentary like what this is something that we we couldn't have imagined a few years ago. But I think the the most exciting bit will just be to see what Vincent Company's like as a manager behind the scenes because. You've got this man who's captain Manchester City to four Premier League titles, two FA Cups, you know, the, the list of honours goes on. What is it that makes him like so special as a manager? And, and what is it upstairs in his head that's uh, taken him as far as he got in the game? And, you know, he's a successful businessman away from football, did well at Anderlecht as manager. I just think getting an insight to that will be absolutely fascinating and will shine Burnley in an amazing light. And I think, Tom, I, I think this documentary, it seems that uh, it's not just going to highlight the playing side of it and what company does. It seems to really going to highlight Alan Pace and the boardroom and what goes on with transfers and, and whatnot. Because I think it seems to me like signing a player seems like one of the hardest things to do. I think people think it's just like going and buying a car, you know, from Arnold Clark and you think, well, I want that one and you get it. It's not like that. So I think it's going to be a real fascinating insight to kind of, that aspect of football too. Yeah, you certainly can't accuse him of uh, of not being busy pace the amount of players we brought in last summer and, and obviously this summer as well, the amount of bids we're making. So yeah, as you say, it'd be interesting to get a bit of insight into that. Um, from what I've seen of the trailers and stuff, it does seem like it's quite centred around pace as well. I think he's a lot more uh, uh, kind of interested in being the centre of attention than, than yeah. the previous were. Um which is not necessarily a bad thing. I think it, yeah, it's going to be great, isn't it? I, I'm really looking forward to it. It looks like it's been really well done. Um, and hopefully it puts us in a positive light if it gets you, you know, a bit more attention. Maybe flog a few more tickets or something on the back of it. You, you can't, you can't wonder that. I just think it's everything that, ha- everything that's happening at Burnley at the moment. I just find it massively exciting. Obviously, obviously being from Wigan, I kind of look at what's happening there, and you know the club's kind of been taken over again, but. I kind of think growing up that like Wigan were a Premier League club and we were a struggling championship club. So, we're, you know, it seems like even from the last time we was in the Premier League and, you know, we got into Europe and had a top half finish added on to that. It seems like the club's just really on the up and on the up and on the up. I know there's been work going on at Turf Moor recent over the summer while we've hence both had no home friendly. So I think it'd be really amazing to see that in action. And you just feel like on the, you know, with the fan base and, you know, just on Twitter and whatnot, that it's really, it's a real exciting time to be a Burnley fan. We're, you know, we're linked with a lot of, you know, young, exciting players. It'll be tough at times next season. Let's not kid ourselves. I think we'll get a few pastings, uh, see what I did there. Um, But at the same time, I think we'll play some good football and and, uh, and I think we'll, you know, get some really good victories and not just be clinging on watching Ben Mee smacked in the face with a ball for the last 20 minutes. So I think that brings our podcast to a close. It's always good that we get a little bit of breaking news when we're on the podcast. So cheers for that, George. A lot of interesting transfers, hopefully, to come in. I think there'll still be some players going out. Wouldn't surprise me to see maybe a player who was more of a first-team player go out, um, you know, to kind of make room, you know, maybe a twine might go out. I hope he doesn't because I do like him, but that could be a possibility. And it's going to be interesting to see kind of the friendly tomorrow. I think the friend oh, sorry, the friendly on Saturday, I think that'll give us a decent indication on what the starting eleven might be for that Man City game. And it wouldn't surprise me if VK could look at tinkering a few for- different formations next season, uh, mainly two at the back uh, with eight wingers. 
uh, it seems like. So, George, Tom, anything to add before we go? Any burning desires? There are only burning desires for us to sign a left-back, that's all. Yes, Tom. I'm sure we will. I don't think it'll be Matson at this stage and fair play to him. It looks like he's done well at Chelsea, but maybe this Feyenoord lad, less, less hope, because he sounds a good one. And George? I was just going to say I really, really like the third kit and absolutely hate the away kit. So th- those are my thoughts on the the, the kits. And, and I will be getting the home kit and sending it to my my mate in Bolton who, who apparently takes all the sponsors off. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I, I don't mind the third kit. The first kit, yeah, I quite like the third kit. The first kit, the home kit's grown on me a little bit, but that away kit, whew, looks worse than my haircut, doesn't it? Uh, look, it looks a bit like my haircut, actually, but worse. Uh, so, yeah, we'll leave it at that. Again, no name ever, listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, we've got another uh, episode coming in next week where we're really going to preview the Man City game in a little bit more detail, talk about the tactics and the kind of the game analysis, which we all enjoy talking about. And it's exciting, just over a week away until the Clarets are back playing in the Premier League, back where we belong. And we're going to beat Man City in that first game. I am. Not sure of it, but we we shall see. All right, everyone, again, thanks for listening. Enjoy your weekend. Let's hope we get a good result against Mainz. And uh, we will see you next week on the pod. And that's all from us for another episode. Thanks to George and Rich for taking over the helms today. Um, it's a week to go. Listeners, this, the Premier League season is almost here. We do intend to put a podcast out next week covering a preview of that City game as its excitement builds for another campaign and a quest for Champions League football. I've been your host, Natalie Bromley. This has been the Known and Ever podcast. Until next time. The Known and Ever podcast is brought to you in association with the Talk Sport Fan Network. Natalie Bromley is the host and editor, and the show is produced by Matt Moss. Our resident statistician is Dave Roberts, and our FPL expert is Adam Dennett. The analysis show team is collectively Tom Whitaker, Richard Steele, George Poole, Charlotte Rigby, Adam Dennett and Robbie Kopak. Our music is provided by George Gaskill and our newsletter team is headed up by Jamie Smith. If you don't already, you can subscribe to our newsletter by visiting nonadnever.substack.com. Our thanks as ever go to our partners TalkSport. We are as ever proud to be part of the TalkSport fan network. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.